Hello and welcome to the Meditation Conversation, the podcast to support your spiritual revolution. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and in this episode, we're going to be hearing from Michael Massey. This is actually a recording from a free webinar that Michael and I gave on February 17th, I think it was, 16th, February 16th, and we talk about what's happening within the world right now in terms of the planet and the cosmos, um, what's happening across humanity, and how this is affecting individuals. So how this may be affecting you or the people that you love in your life. And then we get into a bit of how do we weather this storm um, as an individual. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Michael Massey. In the show notes, you can get the link to all of the sponsors and partners of the Meditation Conversation, as well as awesome discount codes for those companies. And head on over to karagoodwin.com and check out the Meditation Immersion online course and the Healing Hearth membership for ongoing support and inspiration for your meditation and spiritual growth. We have an amazing community of beautiful souls, and I would love to connect with you in that way too. And now enjoy this episode. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for being here at the Quantum Evolution webinar. And my name is Kara Goodwin, and I'm the host of the Meditation Conversation. Um, I am a spiritual teacher, a meditation coach. Um, I run retreats and I really enjoy just helping people to connect with their higher self. It's my passion. So Michael, can you introduce yourself? Uh, thank you, Kara. My name is Michael Massey and I'm an uh, engineer originally uh, by uh, schooling. Uh, went into the uh, nuclear engineering program and uh, uh, worked on wireless communication systems, satellite communication, terrestrial wireless systems uh, in developing countries uh, for the bulk of my former life. And um, and then from about 2009 to 2012, I went through a series of sh shamanic initiations and radically changed my course in life. So um, I have done a podcast previously, or I've done many podcasts with Kara here. And if anybody's interested more in my background, uh, then I encourage you to listen to episode 33 of the Meditation Conversation, which you can find on Kara's website at karagoodwin.com. Yeah, I will. I'll be, I'll send that um, link out too once we get going here. Um, thank you, Michael, for that introduction. And I wanted to thank also the Conscious Awakening Network. We are live streaming. Many of you are on Zoom. Um, we're also live streaming on the Conscious Awakening platform. So it's being streamed on um, Apple TV and Roku and uh, the Conscious Awakening website. So welcome to everybody who is joining. So happy that you're here. So today we're going to be talking about quantum evolution and all of the pieces that go with that. So we're going to talk about the galactic and planetary things, some of the cosmology things that are happening. We'll talk about the bigger kind of humanity, what's happening across humanity, um, generally, and then how those things might be connected and what that has to do with quantum evolution. And then we'll get into um, what you can do to kind of weather the storm if if you are experiencing a lot of the, the turbulence from these things. So um, Michael, let me hand it over to you to start talking about some of the cosmology pieces. Okay. Um, and some of this, maybe, you know, I've been talking about this for, uh, you know, for years now. And, and back when I was in Sedona doing, um, you know, I was doing cheap tours and taking people vortex tours, um, uh, primarily. That's how we uh, met. 
Yeah, that's how we met. And, uh, you know, Sedona was this place where you have this geomagnetic field anomaly. Um, and uh, so this is this whole vortex phenomenon, which is a big mystery kind of surrounding it. And a lot of people come to Sedona and they hear about these and they want to find out more. So uh, now I've been in Sedona uh, pretty much since uh, 2012. I'm back in Indiana now uh, for the last uh, two and a half years or so. Uh, but I had a, I got really into uh, this uh, planetary magnetic field and looking at, at uh, uh, its cycles, what it does, uh, and and so uh, we just kind of catch everybody up to speed a little bit. So the Earth's magnetic field, uh, which of course we is what what encompasses Orient, uh, allows us to find north and south uh, directions. Now this uh, magnetic field actually is kind of shaped like a like a donut, uh, and uh, comes up out of the North Pole, goes around to the South Pole. Uh, the Earth's magnetic field uh, has periodically, and we can look at geological records as how we actually determine this, and we can see the iron in various rock formations, and we can see how over the course of long uh, long periods of time how it periodically this this field will switch. So the North Pole becomes the South Pole and the South Pole becomes the North Pole. Uh, now this process uh, has uh, takes on average around 200, it's about every 200,000 years or so that this, uh, this pole flip occurs. That's on average. It's actually been about 780,000 years since we've last had um, a, uh, a pole flip, so you could say we're well overdue. And now there's been a series of strange events that have been happening in over the last about 15 years or so uh, that seem to be accelerating. And the indicator is that we're entering into this next period or this next pole flip for the Earth. Uh, now, we, we don't have any books in the library from 780,000 years ago, so it's not like we really know for sure how this is going to affect life, how this is going to affect us, uh, how this is going to affect our consciousness. Um, so, uh, so, so this is all, it's things to take note of uh, and to be aware of uh, as this whole process unfolds. Uh, now, this Earth's magnetic field, uh, uh, what, the way that we're kind of basing our, uh, our model on what, what, is to, what is to come is because we're able to watch the solar uh, magnetic field. And it's because the solar cycle, uh, it happens every 11 years. So believe it or not, the the, the sun's magnetic field switches north to south, north to south, every every 11 years. And right before it happens, uh, what happens is the, the North Pole and the South Pole, all of a sudden there becomes this sprout. So there's North, South Pole, South, South, North. So there's lots of poles all around, uh, all around the, uh, the sun that creates a, like a spaghetti bowl of a magnetic field. And then you basically go through this turmoil and all this sort of stuff. And during this period, we see a, a massive increase in the amount of, of, of sunspots, solar flares, CMEs, and all kinds of things like that. Now, these all... Uh, are emissions that, that radiate out from the sun and they do hit Earth, they affect satellites. Um, familiar with that from back in my days of satellite engineering, uh, affects satellites. If they're intense enough, they can actually create uh, uh, disruptions to Earth, uh, terrestrial earthbound systems as well. Uh, and so this is increasing more and more. Now, what happens with as the, the sun, which is an interesting period now, because now we have the earth that is coming into its pole flip as the sun is flipping its poles. 
And when a magnetic field gets reversed uh, from the sun and then it hits the earth it's re and it's reversed, it negates. And it, it's basically, it, yeah, it's, it's like an additive subtractive. It negates the magnetic field on, on the earth, which creates a crack or a hole. And then all this solar energy comes in and it hits us. I think just yesterday we had auroras that were because right around Valentine's Day, the sun just went, wah, boom, and we got a big blurt burst. And uh, we had auroras that were visible down into uh, the state of New York, uh, which is pretty unusual for it to be that far south. So we have uh, this kind of situation. Now, the, the sun has also recently did something uh, unusual just a couple weeks ago and there was some video footage that was uh, that was posted online it was super cool where there was like a polar vortex on the sun of this this uh, of, a, of a matter ejection from the sun that then was swirling around uh, there it is and you can see that clip there where that yep thank you care for that visual mm -hmm. And that's so do you want to explain a little bit about what we're looking at here? Well, um, uh, yeah, it's just a, that it's a, a mystery. Um, and yeah, the headline says part of the sun has broken off and formed a vortex. vortex. What the heck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> From sciencealert.com. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that is part of it. Now, of course, in the last whatever, I think it started about three, four years ago, uh, we'd get these winter storms come in and they were all related to what they call the polar vortex. And um, so it's probably that everybody's thinking polar vortex and then eventually the sun says, oh, you wanted a polar vortex and here you go. <laughs> That's just one theory. Uh, so that, that incident has happened. Um, the uh, sunspot activity, as I mentioned before, is off the charts. We also just re recorded recently, uh, about five weeks ago, we had the the largest. Uh, oh, wait, here's the sunspot. This was from January 22nd, the, the really big one, but there have been right. many. That's a, that's a sunspot that was actually visible by with, with the naked eye, and that has never, ever happened before. Almost five times the diameter of Earth. Yeah. Monster. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> no, that's quite all right. Uh, so we have these, this, um, uh, this heightened solar activity as we're heading into our pole flip. And, and then... Just to top it off, if things weren't even getting weirder, uh, what did we have was about three weeks ago, or maybe two and a half weeks ago. Then, I don't know if you saw the news reports, the observatory out of China, I believe, detected that the, the core of the Earth had stopped spinning or stopped its acceleration. Uh, and that itself has never been witnessed before either. As you can see in that picture, you see it's not spinning. That's an actual photo of the Earth. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm like, wait, what? That's a picture. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. All right. So, so we're actually we're in this period of time of of uh, you know of intense amounts of change. Uh, and these increasing number of these anomalies, uh, phenomenon that are happening. And uh, what is this all pointing to? What does this all mean? Uh, there's, even, there's even more to this in that the levels of gamma radiation that are actually coming from the rest of um, our Milky Way galaxy 
that are hitting our particular solar system and increasing the energy uh, levels here in our solar system, those are on the rise. Uh, I think the article that you, yeah, you brought up there, that was a, that was a supernova uh, that burst about six months ago. And when it arrived, it actually, it hit us with such uh, an intense gamma ray burst that it generated electrical current that was measurable across, that traveled through the crust of the earth. So this is just uh, an inkling of the potential for these high energy cosmic forces when they, if they arrive and they penetrate through our magnetic field that they can, uh, they can generate uh, quite an effect uh, for life here on earth. And this is just a fun headline from Yahoo about it. A huge gamma ray burst hit Earth. So we may all be like hulks now. Right. That's the good that, news. It's one of the standards in terms of, uh, you know, our interest, our, there's such, such a collective interest right now in metahumans. And we might talk a little bit more about this, but basically superheroes, right? And so there's a few different ways that people can transform into superheroes. Um, you can get dropped in a vat of acid or um, <laughs> get bitten by a spider. Yes, get bitten by a radioactive spider or you get hit with a gamma ray burst. Mm. And and yeah, so uh, but that that is a this uh, this potential of an increase in gamma ray radiation, which is generally considered is considered harmful because it does produce mutation. Uh, now. This may end up working to our benefit if we're aligned with it, uh, and that these mutations would be beneficial to us rather than harmful. And the Earth itself, as you know, the galactic, the the Milky Way is the Milky Way. The, <laughs> the Milky Way is yes, is a big plane. Okay, the plane of the Milky Way, and what we call that galactic plane now. Now the Earth itself, our solar system, as it as it moves uh, through time through the eons, it travels. You know, it kind of has an oscillation effect. So it goes, it goes crosses over the galactic plane and then down and then so forth and so on. And so what we're doing is we're coming into that period where we're crossing over the galactic plane. So we have an increase of gamma radiation that's actually hitting our solar system. So galactic level, solar level, and planetary. All three of these levels um, are all converging. What is this going to produce on Earth? Well, that's kind of what we're here talking about. Right. Okay. Well, thank you very much for taking us through that. And um, and all per all of the people who are watching this are muted. But if you do have any questions or anything that you want to um, ask, which would be a question. Um, or any comments, feel free to use the chat. I think that that is enabled. Um, but anyway, so feel free to use that. Um, so we've talked about the galactic planetary kind of cosmology piece. Now let's talk about humanity and some of the, the sort of changes that we've noticed uh, um, within the collective recently. Yeah, well, we have... Um... Yes, we have that at that physics level, cosmology level. It's like a perfect storm of multiple factors coming in. Then uh, for humanity here, uh, we seem to have, uh, you know, a perfect storm happening as well. Um, and um, you know, unless I guess, unless you've been isolated, you're probably aware that there's been, a, you know, certainly here in the United States, but it's spread all over the world. It seems to be is this is a growing political divide, um, and more and more we have you know, we have people just 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 divided into two camps and are unable to even communicate uh at all and so we're like losing our 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 middle grounds where we would come together for uh for open debate to uh you know to resolve our differences and work together and it's just become increasingly challenging and we have this the same time 
this is happening and it's being it's being fueled it's you know it's a bit of chicken egg stuff by this the massive increase in the technology i mean you look at what we're actually doing here right now i mean probably most of the people are that um uh they're tuning in here i mean we remember the days before cell phones and look at where we are now uh it's 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 a phenomenal rate of progress and for, and we have we're just right on the brink tech technologically of achieving artificial intelligence and uh, quantum computing, and these things enter into the into the mix here, and they have the potential to radically change uh, life as we know it. Um, uh, what do we got a comment here? Hologram yeah. webinars next. I love it. <laughs> Yes. Hologram webinars. webinars. Yeah. It's really not, that is not that far off. And, um, you you know, it's just really shocking and somewhat, it's kind of cool. Sometimes it's cool. Sometimes it's a little bit scary of the, you know, the stuff that we grew. (laughs) I know I grew up on like Star Trek in the seventies and eighties. And then you're like, wow, we here, you know, here, here, here we are with, uh, um, uh, you know, technology that is just advanced or even more so than what was depict, depicted in science fiction 40, 40 years ago. And then we so, have the, oh, sorry. Um, again, around the collective consciousness piece, um, a lot of people, you know, a lot of struggle also has been prevalent um, in terms of, of the individual level, I think you were yeah. talking recently about, um, a, a shocking percentage of, of right. Americans agreeing that we have a mental health crisis. Yes, it was. Yeah. And this, this, uh, this study came out, it was about four months ago, I believe. And I saw that headline that over 90% of Americans agreed that there was a mental health crisis in this country. And I was, I, 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 it really struck me because I was wondering when was the last time that 90% of Americans agreed on anything? I don't know if we can get 90% of us to agree that we're all human, you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, but yeah. Um, so, and I know that I, I would be surprised if there's anyone here where uh, this has not touched your sphere um, in some way, shape, or fashion. And um, even in, in in my sphere, I had an attempted suicide and a suicide um, just in the past week actually 10 days, uh, I know that so many people are struggling. And, you know, what is it that's going on? Right. So we've got the the cosmology piece, we've got the, the humanity piece. So let's talk about um, how these things may, may be overlapping and also getting into when we talk about quantum evolution, you, you touched on it a little bit in the beginning, but what are we even talking about in terms of quantum evolution? Okay. Well, uh, one of the things I think it is, uh, what was the, the movie, The Graduate? And there was a the famous kind of quote in there was uh, the advice given to uh, Dustin Hoffman was plastics. That's the wave of the future, plastics. Uh, I would say right now, the wave of the future is magnetics. We are gonna learn more about magnetics in the next decade than has been we, we know currently today. And that's, my, that's just a prediction because there's, there is so much that we can learn about um, uh, not how we, how we operate as human beings. Um, we're gonna learn so much through these, uh, through, um, this 
this uh, solar pole flip, which is going to complete in 20 through 2024, the sun will finish its completion. Um, probably if you go for one more solar cycle after that. So in about the span of 10, 12 years, we're gonna, there's so much uh, advancement to, to understand about uh, magnetics. Uh, I know that some, we, we're familiar and we know that like birds use magnetic fields to uh, to navigate whales and dolphins. And when these fields get disrupted, then this is how we end up with whales or dolphins, you know, swimming into uh, some inlets that they get and then they get trapped. Uh, so, and th these kinds of events have, have been happening now in increasing, um, increasing number for about the last 15 years or so. Uh, so we have, it's affecting the sea life. Uh, there's a, there's some amazing footage. And if anybody, uh, oh, wants to tune into, uh, if you have Disney plus check out the natural national geographic show, um, supernatural. And it's just, it's James Cameron, uh, and, um, and narrated by, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. And it's, it's just just an incredible expose into the, like the superpowers uh, that we find out in the natural kingdom amongst the animals, and some of that stuff is very <laughs> entailed uh, with with the magnetic fields. And so animals are using this in terms of the, it's how they they orient and they actually survive in uh, you know in their environments is is through their sensitivity to magnetic fields. Um, and I, the big, I think, kind of discovery that we're about to, we're going to understand is just how significant those magnetic fields are to us as humans. And when you start getting things that are, you know, the field starts flipping, it can create a very disorienting type of effect. And it, and it's, it's, we live in this kind of this surreal period where things get like flip-flopped and we're just wondering how, how can how can we having such a difficult time having meeting in the middle? And it's like, well, cause things are flipped backwards. And, but it seems to be like all jumbled up and chaotic. And this is one of the, uh, um, one of the grid reports that we did uh, on your, on a podcast about a year ago. And um, so as I had kind of had my radar out and I was tuning into uh the energy that was coming into the uh, to the planet was like we're getting a wave of chaos is coming through, and so chaos just kind of breaks things up and and it's but it it, it flips the orientation of things around and it creates mass confusion um, and and there's a breakdown of systems and all that sort of stuff. So chaos does its thing. Now ultimately, there's a new order that arises out of the chaos and it's all part of a cycle. So it's not something actually for us to really be afraid of, but it is something for us to be aware of. Yes, thank you. So, so that's one impact in terms of chaos and and the magnetics. Um, let's let's clarify a little bit with with the quantum part of the evolution, because I don't think we really kind of covered that. It was more of like what what may come in the next few years, but what, what do you even mean by, what do we mean by quantum, quantum evolution? evolution? Right. Okay. Under a Darwinian model of evolution, you have, everything is basically the species are, are, are um, um, uh, specialized in, and through a process of natural selection, it's the survival of the fittest and, you know, the strongest elk survives, breeds, makes the herd stronger. And, and then over the course of many, 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 many generations, you have very, very small mutations that actually lead up to a divergence in the, in the species. So that's a classical model of evolution of survival of the fittest. And quantum evolution is, is not that. It's, um, it's the conditions become right, uh, right or ripe, uh, for a basically a jump to a whole nother octave, and this is this is where it's a little bit uh, more difficult to comprehend what this type of um, of a what a quantum evolution 
might be might entail. Um, now, uh, I mean, one way to look at it is we could look at at the one of the most popular things you know in, uh, across our pop culture right now is the the aforementioned made a human superhero shows the marvel cinematic universe and um dc and and then there's all these other additional shows and they're popping up from all over the world they're making these are being made from in you know uh, throughout europe eastern europe um uh, asia everybody it's like everybody loves superheroes right now and they're almost obsessed with it and it does beg a question is is something happening at a subconscious level that is that is uh, uh, letting us know what is coming and that we are about to take a whole step up as a, as a species. Our DNA is literally going to be upgraded into a, into a new version of human that maybe it would be like, that would be as maybe as different from what we are now as we might be from chimpanzees it could end up being that significant and now my my sense is that this is going to be largely in an upgrade in terms of our cognitive capacities and abilities uh, there may be corresponding physical upgrades to the human template as well uh, but certainly what we're going to be able to do um, with our minds is is going it, to it, it, it's it's hard to even fathom at the moment so, Michael, is there any precedent across history from things that have been found, like archaeologically, that this has ever, that humanity has ever experienced these leaps in the past? You know, that's that's one of the the theories, if you will, and that explains uh, particularly the 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 monolithic structures that are present generally in the form of pyramids or stepped pyramids that are on every continent uh, across the world. And it's a, there's just still a big question of, of our, the, the history course that we were kind of taught growing up uh, that we just kind of came out of caves and made tools and now he, he eventually bit by bit, here we are. That Darwinian type of model doesn't really explain how these things ever got built. And uh, that's fascinating. There's so much, you know, more material that is is showing up on, you know, Netflix and YouTube and all all sorts of different places that uh, are seeking to unravel the mysteries of of these. And so one of the uh, one of the, the basically the theories is that we are the, the kind of the chapter or the human history story that we're living right now is about 6,000 years old. That's what we have in terms of recorded history. And then beyond, before that, we don't really have, uh, we don't have any, any written records, but perhaps that's because uh, we didn't need them. Because this may have been, uh, there was a prior, what we would call a golden age. And with an enhanced cognitive capacity, you see, the ability to say t telepathically to share thoughts and ideas um, may not have warranted. There was wouldn't have been a need uh, for actually a written language, and so it's it's only um, with the the whatever was happening at that point that we went through some kind of a fall where we we had veils that basically hid a good portion of the universe to us. And as such, our, our uh, actual ability shrunk. And so <clears throat> in a sense, we're actually not as advanced as what we were once were. And that now we're coming into another cycle where um, we're gonna reclaim all those enhancements once again. Mm, thank you. Were you about to say something? Um, yeah, I, I, you can look at, uh, what's his name, Graham? I think it was Graham Hancock and, uh, and look into the Younger Dryas period, um, which basically states there was a, 
there's a at the end of the last ice age there was a some kind of massive shift in life here on this planet and uh that's a that's a theory that's growing in popularity and it's really fascinating when you take a look at it now um uh let's see here um yeah i mean one other way to look at this too and is to just kind of bring up a kind of a comparison with the with the animal kingdom as well so um i like to think of it this way i know we all we all have spatial awareness do we not we're aware that we exist in space there's space around us and it's filled with things like pencils and coffee cups and people and all sorts of stuff so we have our orientation within space now animals have an orientation and awareness of space as well and oftentimes even way better at it than than we might be um and uh so animals have a spatial awareness we have a spatial awareness then beyond that we have the introduction of time and so we also have a temporal awareness and i'd argue that for the most part this is pretty much what that the the temporal awareness and the use of a and having opposable thumbs i was gonna say thumbs <laughs> yeah is a combination of basically this dexterity that we have with our hands and our um and our understanding and awareness of time is what ena has enabled us to become the dominant species on the planet. And now, good luck, even if you could speak perfect dog, if there's, you know, if there's any way that you could have a conversation with your dog about what it wants to do tomorrow. And it's not going to, you know, not going to happen. Um, and this is one of the things that we love about our animals because you're like, wow, I, I was gone for two minutes and you're. It is a party when you come back. Yes. Uh, <laughs> right. Absolutely. So they live very much just in the now in space, interacting with their environment. Now, some animals are. Um, you know they show indicators of a temporal awareness and that tends to catch uh catch our attention when we're observing that because an, an animal that's acting with temporal awareness be like wow it's kind of like it's how you know it it, it almost strikes us as as the type as a, a human type level intelligence so you mean like when a dog is wearing a watch and he checks it to see if it's actually quarter past three? <laughs> this is what we're talking about? Yeah. Dogs telling time? Uh-uh. No. <laughs> no. Um, that would be a great YouTube video. Yeah, that would be good. That'd be good. Um, so I think uh, uh, what we may have... Uh, the the capacity for abstract thought is also entwined kind of with this temporal awareness and uh so we may be seeing and witnessing particularly since we have so many cameras out there now and we're catching such amazing footage of nature that we've never seen before and so the big question that is of the things that we're witnessing is has it always been this way or is the animal kingdom evolving into temporal awareness that's that's an interesting question and one that we will, we will, you know, we will see in time. Um, and, but the point of this is, is like, there's such a distinction between what humans are capable of and what the, the rest of the animal kingdom is capable of. And even though they have amazing super abilities, they cannot do and they cannot build the way that we build as humans. And so what I'm suggesting here is that the next evolution for humanity is going to be as dramatic as that difference that we're about to, as we're aware of space, we're aware of time, 
and we're about to have an expansion of awareness into a whole new thing that's going to reveal more of the universe that's always been there. The awareness of time doesn't create time. Time just is what it is, and then we're, we're aware of it. So now we're about to become aware of it to get a greater picture of the universe than we've ever thought possible. Mm. And, um, you know, I was in the lead up to this and I was sharing with, 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 with Kara that, that, uh, that the mysteries of dark energy and dark matter are gonna, gonna start peeling back. And incidentally, when we uh, just about an hour ago, as we're getting ready for this presentation, and I saw the news headline hit that there's new evidence that suggests where that where dark energy comes from. <laughs> so <laughs> very timely. Um, very timely. I know it's just a it's just a coincidence, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, so I think that 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 what we're going to find is that 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 much of the world that we know of from uh from mythology um our creative endeavors that were perhaps we're actually tuning into these creative areas uh which i like to call like the story waters uh that are actually real things if you will in the universe that we cannot see and the universe that we cannot see we can't see 95 percent of it and not that because it's so distant it's actually we can't see 95 percent of what's right in front of us in the form of what that's why we call it dark energy and dark matter so everything all the stars all the planets all every everything all the we we everything that we can view in, in the background there is the uh behind me is the the deep field all those galaxies everything all of that combined comprises less than five percent of the of the total energy in the universe and we can't see the rest of it but that doesn't it's there we know mm -hmm. it's there um so what is it now imagine that so that means that basically we have we have about um dark energy encompasses about 70 percent uh the the known matter that we see is about five percent and just and to clarify with the dark energy is that the definition of it that energy that we can't measure and we can't see but it's like it there's a spot held for it in mathematical equations yeah, it, it is because it's the only way that actually explain it. It's the only thing that explains why the universe is expanding. And, you know, we take our telescopes and we point them out into the sky and then we can look at what's called, what's called redshift. And so, um, you know, we can tell if something's moving away from us or towards us or whatnot. And we built a model of the universe um, based on this fact. This factor is the Doppler effect. It's the same it's the same principle behind when you're if you stand on the side of the road and you hear a car go by you and it goes as it goes by and so the wavelengths the frequency of the sound actually increases gets high pitched and then it then it trails off and gets low well this, that same phenomenon is how we we've been mapping out um uh the universe uh through uh telescopes radio telescopes hmm. now the uh uh, where was I there? Um, okay, the dark energy. Yeah, dark energy is is basically is this force that's causing the universe to expand. So we know the universe is expanding, and the only thing that explains it is there is a bunch of energy out there that's doing it, but we can't see it, and we don't have any way to detect it, other than we see the result of it. Hmm. Um, now, dark matter is 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 the opposite. This is in that it is part of what's holding together solar systems and galaxies. And if we look at the if we, if we look at the matter that we can detect, all the galaxies should fly apart. The solar systems should fly apart. Like we shouldn't be in orbit around 
the sun. We should fly off. But it's like, wait, um, uh, so what's going on here? So there's this, this matter that still exists and we can't, we can't detect it, but we know it's there. So where does gravity play into that? Because I know there's like the gravitational pull is part of that. Yeah. All, yeah. Is that part uh, of dark matter? Yeah. Well, it has, that's the thing. Dark matter has a gravitational impact. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's, it's dark matter. It's actually, wow, we can't see anything. Um, but it's like, there's some invisible matter there. Mm. Fascinating. I know it's really fascinating. And then we, you know, then we think about, you know, the optical range of our eyes. Of course we have technology that can span, scan the spectrum. And yet this is uh, to look outside the visual. Uh, and yet still we can't, we can't detect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. So we have a question from Stone. She says, mapping frequencies. So where is the generator that's creating this density? Uh, Where's the generator? Well, that would, yeah, that's the big, that's the $64,000 question, right? I mean, you could just say um, it's everywhere and it's God. Um, If that's what you're referring to is what's where is all of this coming from uh now the the it's a big question and and part of the evidence that was found is found today was saying well the dark energy is uh maybe coming from black holes could be Hmm. could be um here's another idea you know is what if it's uh what if it's the collective energy of thought from all races and species all over the place what if like we're when you know we're actually part of the equation in the ways that we can't even imagine what if actually you know that thought at least at least a portion of other dark energy of the universe is actually thought hmm. wow that puts a whole other perspective on creation you know in our in our us as creators absolutely yeah. you know we may not we may be doing this so yeah uh, completely unknown but you know when we would be having to let's say Kara you and I are having a talk or something like we're like okay we're trying to schedule something in and we like and we we, we have an expression we might like oh I'm gonna just make some space for that or uh mm-hmm. you know or and what we're doing in our mind is we're like we're looking at our we've got our little to-do list and stuff like that and we're just gonna go like let's just make some space for something what if we're actually really are making space Mm. Wow! and then you got billions of people that are just making space and as such the overall space expands i mean right now uh based if things continue the way they do you see all those stars and galaxies and stuff you'd see behind me you see space is just going to keep expanding expanding until those are so far away that when we look up in the night sky we won't see a single star hmm that's the way it's tracking or trending. Now, I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to continue along that path because I don't think it's that, you know, that's not necessarily the, the equation of the universe. Um, but mm-hmm. this is, but it's, it's a very real thing. Yeah. Now, if you actually, if you add in, you would think, well, what could, you know, a few billion humans on this planet do? Well, um, yeah, except for if you can actually take the leap and start realizing that hey, wait a second, this planet is sentient as well as are are all planetary bodies. Now, we may not have a language to be able to communicate with them directly, but it doesn't mean that they they don't have intelligence or they don't even have thoughts for their own. So the the whole universe itself, all of that matter that we can be, could be producing a very large portion of this expansion of energy. Hmm. Wow. Now, that might be concentrated, you know, in... um, in a black hole, but mm-hmm. actually coming, coming from all over the place. Hmm. Wow. Okay. We do have a, a few comments if you want to look through here. Okay. Let's see. We did the generate dimensionally unlimited. Just thinking is creating a reality. The more united on thought, the more we see appear. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then Carrie says, quantum generator designed by David Clements at the StargateExperienceAcademy.com has recently been introduced to, and we are using to anchor enhanced energy in Maui. We'll be doing February 19th to March 5th. That's awesome. Wonderful. I'm going to look that up real quick. Where was that? Stargate? What was that? StargateExperienceAcademy.com. Yeah, that's awesome. So we have just a a few more minutes because I know that Sheila will be using the this network soon enough. So one thing I, I wanted to come back to, Michael, is the, you know, you started talking a little bit about the chaos and the um how you know, the magnetics, we started talking about how the, the magnetics and kind of the, the chaos that that causes as the, the poles are shifting, the sun, the sun's poles, that that's kind of a measurable thing as that energy hits the earth. Um, and we talked about the, this mental health crisis and it's, I wonder if you have any thoughts about the struggle that so much of the collective, the individuals within the collective seem to be experiencing so much um, struggle mentally. And if you have any, any thoughts about how these energetic changes are affecting us as energetic beings, you know, we have these human bodies, but we are energy um, you know, that's, that's beneath it, behind it, within it, you know, that's, that's running the, the human mechanism. So, um, what can you share with us about, about that? Well, as it's been, um, revealed to me through my grid working is that, that humanity is basically, uh, we're, we're going from two-year-old to a three-year-old. And so the phase that we're going through right now is the terrible twos. So what do you mean by that? What do you mean by we're going from a two-year-old to a three-year-old compared to other species in the, in the cosmos or. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I'm not equipped to actually pick out whatever races and how old they are. Um, but if we look at the, the idea is that we are the, the potential that we have in within our own DNA stack. Right. And we have we only have what, three percent of it that we even we're like, OK, three percent of it. We know what it does because it makes proteins and ninety seven percent. We call it jug DNA, but eh, it's about as mystery, mysterious as uh, as the dark energy equation. So like the room that we have to grow is astounding in terms of what we are to become. So we're very just early on in the process of, of who we are. In reaching our potential from a consciousness uh, perspective. Yeah. And if you look at, you see, if you look at a a, a two-year-olds, two-year-olds just don't, they, they began and they basically go, Oh, this is me. And they, they haven't figured out yet that there's others and there's a greater reality outside of themselves. That's what's characteristic of the terrible twos. So they, all they know is they get what they want and, um, or they don't get what they want and then they throw a tantrum, right? And in a sense, what we're looking at collectively is, I mean, we look across the board, you see it all the time of, sorry to say it this, but it's like, it's like a rampant narcissism everywhere. It's like a bunch of two-year-olds. And that's, uh, I hate to be so critical, but it just is the, just what it is. But the, but the good news is that two-year-olds eventually turn three. And if we could even look at it in terms of those, those two things, well, we have spatial awareness, we have uh, temporal awareness, and we're about to get a third. So when, you know, from like a collective soul, an increase from two to three is huge. And so, um, you know, the... Uh, this shift of what we're going through, this is uh, hopefully we're, you know, we're near the end. And, the, and it, it seems to be the case is that there's going to, there'll be, and it's already happening 
and you know sprinkles are like popcorn it's sort of like popcorn you know the first a few kernels start to go and then uh then that leads to uh, all of a sudden a boom, 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 boom. and the instant this would happen is what would happen is we go from a binary model and even our you see it's reflected in our computer system so we all use the binary computing um ones and zeros in order to program computers to machines to talk um and we uh we are so ori oriented as a people we uh, we just break things into us versus them um uh black and white um good and evil all of these stories that are so so fundamental um uh are about to evolve to understanding and innate and and thinking in threes natively such that our minds or consciousness will just always see would just gravitate to just seeing things in threes that would essentially be what it means for the consciousness to evolve from a from a two-year-old to a three-year-old and so that then comes into as well just like the dualistic thinking like how everything yeah. is sort of black and white good and bad and and um i mean i see this a lot just in that people more and more are talking about things, mm. you know, with more of more neutrality, more of like a, a yes. And, you know, that things are, you know, people are, I'm seeing a lot more of a letting go of that. Like it either has to be this or it has to be this and more of an acceptance of a, um, an, and, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely moving to the and equation. And something interesting happens with trees because uh, now there's been lots of talk about you know a, a return to unity consciousness or or whatnot. But we don't go from being two back to one. It doesn't work that way. But what we can do is we go from two to three. But with three, you have a you have a actually a more stable form because now you can form the this you know a trinity that then can it's it's the same principle in mathematics as we use it with cell stations in order to triangulate the gps uses triangulation to determine a single spot so that once our mind can work in threes then we can actually we we can very easily create a stable field around the unity point mm. so the way that we remember unity is by actually growing older become going from a two-year-old to a three Okay. And then that that illuminates the one. Okay, great. And then and then we're just and then from there it's, you know, well we're on to a whole next you know a, a chapter adventure of 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 life here. But it'll be it it'll be radically different. Mm, beautiful. Okay, so thank you for clarifying that. Let's spend a few minutes here. We're getting close to needing to wrap up. Um, about kind of weathering the storm and with these changes coming and challenges that can come from all of these changes, what are some things that we can do to help us move through this time? Uh, yeah, for anybody who's, who's hopefully most people here already have a med meditative practice is double down on double, double down on your meditation. Uh, absolutely. And um, I, I would, I'd love to, to, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear from everybody um, in terms of whether or not your meditations as of late uh, are, are, you know, off the charts. Um, uh, so there's that. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, Kara is <clears throat> actually brilliantly came up with this. Uh, um, yeah, but there's a, there's basically three things that we want to do through all that is is um, you want to focus on your alignment. Uh, you want to clear your fields um, of any past traumas, and there's this is not a time to hold on to anything. Uh, so absolutely, is it clearing of the traumas, and then the um, um, and then the last thing is just to continue to raise your vibration. Mm. Right. So those keys will help to have grace as we, we move through these difficult times. Um, again, going back to the fact that we are energy, you know, this is kind of the, the foundation of how all of this works together and why we are 
um, you know, why this is important for us. You know, it's not just that like we're on this rock of earth and it can just do what it needs to do. And then we'll just go along for the ride. It's like, no, we are a part of this. We are a part of this energy. We're a part of this planet. We are organic Uh beings of this planet, even if we, you know, identify from other places, you know, we do have these human bodies that are, um, that are impacted by this energy. So, um, alignment, clearing out those past traumas and working on raising your vibration are all going to be key. And, you know, these are things that people who are on the spiritual path have been doing for a long time there, you know, we've been told to keep up with things like this, but it's, it's no longer like a nice to have, <laughs> you know, like, okay, I I'm going to f- pursue this because I'm interested in it. It's like, you know, really, um, the importance of it. I, it's- I know. And I, I'm so thankful for every hour, minute, second that I have dedicated to doing the inner work, um, as it's, as I'm watching so many people on the struggle bus right now. Um, and boy, um, I've got, keep your hearts open folks, be compassionate. Um, but you know, stay, stay centered and don't wander out into the storm. You know, uh, this Mm -hmm. is a, this is a, this is a time to be in the eye of the storm and to stay there and then be a beacon uh, for others to actually come and find safety with you as well. Right. Right. So, and just to mention that Michael and I are hosting a retreat May 4th through the 7th here in Indiana in, uh, this will be the third retreat that we've had at the, these sacred grounds, um, at the Oakwood retreat center, but these are, and we're going to have the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull. So if, if anybody is familiar with this skull, we're very, very blessed to have that skull there. This is a, an artifact that is, it's a, an interdimensional artifact. I know that the first time that I had a personal encounter with the skull about, I can't remember if it was, it was like between 10 and 14 days afterwards was my first really pronounced multidimensional experience where like reality just blew up right in front of my eyes, my inner eye, but it was like, Whoa, what is happening here? So, um, I've had personal, um, amazing consciousness expansion, um, through, the, the interaction with that. And then the, um, the name of the skull is the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull. And, um, I don't know if anybody follows like Ruben Langdon, he does, he's creating a documentary. Actually, I see Lucy, Lucia there. I know that she's familiar with, um, with Ruben, um, but he's creating a documentary on it. And, um, and it's, and that was how, um, Michael and I first got to encounter it, but, um, yeah, so the retreats are wonderful ways to be able to go into this type of thing, this, the clearing, the alignment, the elevation of your frequency. Um, it's really kind of, I see Kathy, I see your, your question here. What is the best way to clear past traumas? And it's, you know, there are a lot of ways that we can do that. One of them being through meditation, intentional practices such as that. Um, but this is really where the retreats are really helpful to be able to dive deeply into these things and work directly for an extended period of time to kind of pull ourselves out of life and really get ourselves focused and um, and, and in that vibe um, is just off the charts. Um, fantastic. So I highly recommend if anybody wants to have a chat about that, feel free to, um, ping me. I'll be happy to talk about that in person. So we're on the phone, but Michael, do you have anything 
else that you want to close out with today so we can hand this over or hand Sheila the network back? Um, well, the excite the most exciting thing that I that I that I feel is that is the you know the we don't know what we don't know right is the expect is of of what is to come is going to be is going to be revelation after revelation and imagine for a second of how many things right now we operate in terms of a belief system whether believing whether it's believing in god or believing in this or believing in the goodness of humanity or believing that we're all one and maybe we've had an experience that supports that maybe not maybe we're still just operating on belief and living off of faith but imagine just the the gift of being able to know and this is the uh, call it the divine inheritance that we are all going to claim is that we will get to know. Mm, that's beautiful. That, that is what's to come. Beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you everybody for being here tonight. Um, it was such a blessing to spend this time with you. I will send um, a follow-up email just so that you know how to access this later um, if you were to want to watch it again. And um, again, thank you so much. Have a beautiful rest of your evening. Yes, thank you all for... Thanks, Michael. Bye, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love for you to do me one quick favor, which is to think of one person who would benefit from hearing this content. Let them know you're thinking of them by sharing this episode with them right now. Thank you, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation.